Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. And welcome to the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. Each week, um, I'm Jenny, your host, and each week we um, chat, me and one of my colleagues chat all things marketing and comm. So we pick apart various different um, PR and marketing topics, uh, try and demystify the jargon a little bit and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. So today I am joined by my colleague, Becky. Hello. And we are going to talk about uh, media relations. Um, I think that's one of the things we get asked about a lot. People um, immediately, when you talk about marketing and PR, media relations is one of the first things they think about. Um, But not everybody knows exactly what it is or why you should do it or how you should start if you've never done it before. Um, So we will be talking about that today and to give you some top tips. So we'll start from the very beginning. So Becky, (laughs) do you think you could give us um, a top line on what exactly media relations is? When we talk about media relations, what are we referring to? Sure. So I guess media relations has kind of changed quite a bit over the last couple of years, particularly with the rise of influencers um, and social media and online platforms. Um, But when we're talking about media relations, we're talking about journalists, everything from national newspapers that you might read on a daily basis, all the way through to kind of specialist um, consumer magazines um, or magazines that might be in a really particular sector. So sailing and marine, um, outdoor and mountain magazines, all the way through to things like cycling, ski, even fishing, jewellery, you name it, there's likely a magazine that, uh, that covers it. Um, and like I said, today we also incorporate um, social media influencers and bloggers into that kind of sphere as well, um, just purely with the rise of big influencers and micro-influencers in, in recent years as well. Um, and it's all about talking to them, communicating often about um, brand stories, whether it's uh, company news. Is, news? <laughs> news is. news uh, milestones award wins appointments all the way through to things like product and service launches um, developments and upgrades with products and services as well so if it's of interest to the wider consumer perhaps or the trade media um, then absolutely that's when we should be talking to the media Um, and I did reference there trade and consumer there is absolutely a difference Um, when we talk about trade we're talking really b2b that's where it might get a little bit more technical or we're talking um, real detailed information or product information Mm -hmm. Um, and on the consumer side it's more storytelling um, whether it's a brand story we're telling or really talking about the exciting benefits of products and features um, or indeed of services so huge huge 
sphere of media. Yeah. And I think you touched upon that, and that's really important, isn't it? We should always remember that media relations is about storytelling. So whether you're going to um, consume or trade media, whichever avenues you're going through, um, you know, the main aim is to reach that end user, isn't it? The, the person reading that publication or watching that particular TV programme, they're the people we're trying to reach and we're trying to tell a story. So you always have to bear that in mind, don't you? It's saying it's... Absolutely, yeah. Although we're going through the media and it's very important that we're... Um, we're giving them everything they need. Essentially, they are um, serving their audience, and that's that's the person we're trying. Absolutely, to reach. and I think that's a really good, really good point. And actually, where you should really start with your media relations is thinking about the audience and who who do we want to talk to, yeah. what we want to tell them, and why. Um, there is a there's a question that sounds really mean, which is who cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can ask yourself that about the story that you think you want to tell, if you've got a genuine answer, um, it fulfills a purpose, it inspires, it educates, um, or it provides really informative information. Then absolutely, you've got your you've taken the first step, and there is a reason to be talking to the media. And so, should start with that journey. Absolutely. Yeah, and that and that also comes down to, doesn't it? Don't um, with media relations. Sometimes it can be a bit of a knee jerk reaction where um, businesses, brands might think, oh, "I have to be in this particular paper or trade publication or consumer glossy." Um, but you always like any activity you do as part of your marketing it needs to have an objective and it needs to have a purpose there's you know why are you doing it what action do you want people to take or what do you want people to feel when they read that about you um so you you know you shouldn't be doing it willy-nilly it should be it should be something that that has a purpose so that you can target it and give them all the right information and give them what they they need and it's also um good thing about media relations is it's third-party validation isn't it for the reader when they read about your brand yeah definitely and there's a big difference between earned media which absolutely is what media relations is all about um it's all very well you saying your product for example is absolutely amazing and the leader in in the sector but when a third party is endorsing your product or calling out some of those key features or saying how this changes changes the industry answers a problem serves as a solution then that's so much more valuable than you saying it yourself or perhaps taking out an ad in in said publication um, and paying for it yourself so yeah and that sort of leads on doesn't it um the the impact of doing it well and doing it not so well um the it doesn't matter how many fantastic paid placements you put somewhere in adverts if you have a bad piece of media coverage, editorial media coverage, that can do far more damage. Um, And it doesn't matter how much you shout about how great you are, people are going to trust more in that third party. So it's really important that you get it right. Um, But it is very easily easily achievable and you can do it, which is what we're here um, to talk about today. So um, if people... um, listening now so they know they know they need to go and they want some media relations that's going to fit in with their objectives sort of where do they start you know how do they start (laughs) engaging with journalists 
okay, so um, we need to really think about what we're doing, what we're, who we're trying to communicate, and therefore what avenues we're gonna we're gonna take. Um, so it could be a simple um, new product launch that we want to talk about, new product or upgrade perhaps that we want to talk about. Who do we really want to be talking to? If it is the end consumer, um, perhaps of a fitness product, let's say, then um, we want to be talking to. Um, perhaps fitness magazines, it might be consumer lifestyle titles, well-being titles. And it's really important to have that kind of in your mind to start with and take it one step at a time. So take one audience segment um, and think about what kind of publications they might be reading, what blogs they might follow, who they might follow on social media, and really starting at the beginning um, and kind of doing your own research, taking your time to do proper research as well. It's not absolutely not a five minute job, just having mm-hmm. a quick click on Instagram or a quick Google. Um, it absolutely is a time consuming activity, but so, so valuable to spend the time really thinking about um, what publications these people are reading, what their interests are, and therefore um, what publications we want to be talking to in the media that we want to talk to as well. Um, because it might not be all of the fitness magazines that we want to talk to, we might want to be talking a little bit wider to the mass consumer, in which case we might look at some nationals and we might look at um, some kind of fitness and well-being journalists that write for the nationals. And this is where your research really takes, kind of goes to the next level when you start reading around the subjects um, and reading in different articles that actually are of interest or are written by people that are going to be interested in what we're talking about. Um, so when we say research, we're absolutely looking into the, the demographics of magazines and newspapers to make sure that the audience is the right kind of audience, it's in the right geographical location, uh, the interests are the right, are the right topics, um, and also the, the profile of the people that are reading, the readers are um, correct as well if you only want to talk to um I don't know 18 to 30 women then you're not going to be talking to men's fitness if you want to be talking to the mass then we're going to be looking at um consumer lifestyle titles or the nationals as opposed to really specific niche specialist titles as well um so that's where like research online on social media is really really important um when we can look at stories that journalists have written recently um, to make sure it's along along the right kind of lines. Um, and also looking at those conversations on social media as well um, to see what people are engaging with and, and why they're engaging with them, what matters to them, what are the problems they're, f- they're facing at the moment and how your product might fit into it or might provide a solution or generally might just be um, kind of of interest or something that can help educate them, take their training or mindset to the next level for example yeah it's all it's so much of it as you quite rightly say is about preparation and it's not a quick job it's you know you do need to do that research that research is absolutely worth its weight in gold and it's as you said read once you've found that publication you know you need to be in um you read it back to front get a few copies, yeah, go online, see what their website is like, see what um, different features and columns they have because you may be able to pitch very specifically for for a particular feature. Um, And um, as you pointed out there, it's sort of what what they're already writing about and equally the trap I think people can fall into, which is um, a tip from us not to do, Um, is if you see your journalist, the publication you want to be in, and they have written about um, 
a subject that you want to talk about. You've just mentioned fitness products. Let's say it's a fitness product and this new trend. And you're like, brilliant. That's exactly what we're doing. So you get in touch with them and say, you wrote about this fitness trend. Can you also talk about ours now and do it? So you're essentially asking them to write exactly the same feature <laughs> that they've already written. And yeah. that we know drives journalists bonkers they they absolutely hate that it's you know unless you've got something incredible to add to it so that you know it really really benefits them and the reader to to revisit that subject and you've got something new to add um don't fall into that trap of seeing them write about a particular particular subject and that they're going to write about it again so that they can feature your brand or, or service absolutely I think it's really important to make sure we are reading what journalists are writing about and particularly if there is a, a sector or a topic that is of interest or interest to our business perhaps but you're absolutely right a journalist isn't going to write the same story but swap out a brand name and a few products um, month to month or week to week um, there is the slight variation where if they're doing a series of articles about a wider topic and there's different subtopics topics if you like yeah um across the series or or one week we're talking about nutrition the next week it's about um uh clothing the next week it's about fitness trackers then absolutely it fits into all of this um but it is really really important that you're aware of what you're asking from a journalist but also doing your research and Mm -hmm. some magazines are really helpful they do publish um, in media packs online forward features and even in in some of the the ad guidelines they do feature um, like what features they've got coming up what articles they're going to be writing about or particular topics that are regularly of interest or if they're seasonally um, going to focus on from month to month or quarter to quarter it's really important like we said with all of this research that you do read around the subject and also into the magazine so you can see those um, opportunities and then it might be that you've you followed this journalist for a couple of months and you know that in um, the next three editions perhaps they're going to be talking about a subject that is of relevance to your your brand your product or a particular person that you've got that you want to put forward Um, and then it, it makes your job so much easier if you've done your research and you know that they're planning to write an article about whatever it is yeah and we I suppose that yeah and a, a, another another tip I suppose and something we do um a lot is for those publications that do and they don't all have forward features do they that's the thing no. some do yeah. some don't um but the ones that do and we do um for our specific clients we have a lovely spreadsheet don't we we love a spreadsheet (laughs) and we have a spreadsheet we plot them all in there um, and we plot what those lead times are as well so by lead times um we mean how far in advance they need the information in order to for you to get your um to get your story within that publication so we talk about long leads being three months in advance so that might be you know for the may issue you need to have sent them everything by february and that's another trap that people can fall into isn't it where you you um don't approach them until the same month that their publication (laughs) is going to print and that's you know it's not enough you need to go way ahead um, and start pitching to them in advance so there's plenty of time for them to build up their stories get the imagery build build their publication put it to print 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is where planning and research really, really comes into it. And getting to know your media um, is so important to the work that you do. And um, it's very easy for us to sit here and say that because we've got <laughs> quite a few years of experience working <laughs> with the media. But um, it is all about getting to know your media, um, picking your times when you're going to speak to them, picking up the phone or dropping them an email. Um, the more you, The more you work with them, the more you'll learn about them. Some journalists love an email. Some prefer it if you call them at, I don't know, lunchtime to have a quick mm. chat over a sandwich, for example. But it's really about building those relationships with the media so that you can then pick up the phone and pitch a story to them or talk to them about what you're thinking about, um, what opportunities you might have or what you've got coming up and how it might fit into their publication, um, their plans for the next sort of six to 12 months, um, and also what what you could do for them um, and really to help engage with your end user and, and get yourself some great coverage, but also help um, the readers and educate and inspire them as well. So true. So true. It is absolutely about building up those relationships. And you're right. I think we're because we've done it for so long and we know we can pick up the phone to certain journalists and they'll talk to us because um, we've we've worked with them for years. And it's like any working relationship, really, isn't it? It's a it's mutually beneficial you both respect each other and each other's time. You know what each person needs and then, you know, it makes for the best working relationship. So you're right. It's about building those. So I suppose it's um, that then leads me on, I think, to say you don't have that relationship yet <laughs> and how you start that. Now, I think, you know, it can be quite nerve wracking to do that first call you know pick up the you thinking particularly if it's like a national journalist or something you think <laughs> sometimes you put them on a pedestal don't you, you think they're these big bad journalists um I'm very sorry if you just heard that I think my phone just just bleeped um just turn that off uh <laughs> it can be it can be quite intimidating but the key there is to make sure when you make that first call or drop that first email is that you're giving them something really good from the off you know yeah. you've, you've done your research you know what sort of stuff they like to cover you've got something really good for them to cover even better if it's an exclusive that you can give that good title um and then you can start building up that relationship from that I think one of the worst things you can do is try and have that cold call or email where you don't have anything and you don't have anything to say because that's the, you know, it's your first impression, isn't it? And they Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about first impressions. And actually, you sadly, you do only have one shot at a first impression. So just like you've, you've just said, um, when you are making that first pitch, whether it's by email or, or phone, um, it's really important that you have got the whole package. You have done your research. You know that you're talking to the right person. You've thought about what you want to tell them and how you're going to package it all up for them, what you can offer them, when you can offer it for them, um, how it fits into their publication, or um, you know that they're really interested in a particular topic and that's why you've contacted them. Um, you want to make it as easy as possible for these journalists and influencers to bite your hand off and say yes and take what you're offering yeah. them. Um, the more complicated you make it or 
put hurdles in the way or don't know the answers to some of your questions or haven't really done the research and not really sure if they're the right person um, that's when it starts to the relationship starts to slow down perhaps or it really struggles to to build that um, and like journalists are really busy people what we found particularly recently with um, the global pandemic and the changing working life I guess um, is that journalist teams are getting smaller there's more pressure on these journalists and um, media titles as well. So we want to make their jobs as easy as possible for them. Um, so we want to offer to write things for them. We want to offer them all the images and video content and assets that we've got that we can give them. And we're happy for them to use um, really high quality videos and, and images as well um, that can be printed in magazines and look amazing inspirational aspirational all of this um so that when someone's flicking through a magazine and they see your images perhaps they're going to stop and they're going to read what this story is about we want to give them as much as possible as easy as possible to make their lives as easy as possible so they want to keep working with us yeah and and i think that's a, a good point you want to give them a really good package that they can essentially take and and run with and it would be very rare and, and certain kind of stories that um, a journalist won't ask for an image or, as you said, something visual to go alongside it. Usually there's a visual element. So I think yeah, you want to build up that package, don't you? You want the timely news hook, why they should be writing about this particular story now, what makes it relevant for right now. And they can't wait. Um, they should have, hope, you know, ideally some facts and figures, uh, a case study, a case study makes absolute world of difference, doesn't it? And so many different industries. Yeah, um, a good spokesperson that they can have access to, or you can at least give quotes for. And as you said, some like nice, decent, clear, high resolution images or footage, or at least give them the chance to get their own if that's what yeah, they prefer. And I think when we're talking about printed media um, that we're talking to, an image can be, a good image can be the difference between a little tiny snippet, a news and brief, or like a couple of lines to half a page or a full page or three, four, five pages. If you've got some amazing images, that can really be the difference of a really small piece of coverage that might get missed to a huge piece of coverage that's really going to have great impact for your brand. Um, so it is really important to invest in assets and imagery. And like you've just said, if the journalist wants to take their own pictures or have access to said product, location, whatever, then really giving them that opportunity and facilitating. And again, doing as much as we can to make it as easy as possible for them to come on down and take their own pictures or um, shoot their own footage as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose then on, on in that sense, it's, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about what the different ways are to get coverage because it's not just a press release, is it? It's no. not just write a press release and send them a press release. There's lots of different ways to get media coverage. So maybe um, what are your thoughts on that and your experience in terms of the many different ways you work with your clients to do yeah. that? Absolutely. So we work with a lot of different clients. We've got really lucky to work with such a diverse range of clients at ADPR and have done over the years of of working with them. And it's really important to remember that all clients are different. Um, They have different products and services and they also operate in different ways. Um, So it will vary from brand to brand and that's absolutely fine. Um, 
And that means that coverage is absolutely different as well. But like you say, it's not all press releases. Press releases are helpful and they absolutely serve their purpose. Um, we don't always write press releases just so that they're printed word for word. We also use them so that they're an opportunity to inform the journalist, but also as kind of like a series of um, steps that we want to take. So, for example, um, if we've got a new range of, of clothing for a particular sector, like sailing or ski, let's say, um, then we might use that press release as a catalyst to kind of to introduce the new collection um, and then in this instance, actually, we might want the journalist to call the product in or clothing in so that they can test it out for themselves. So that's us giving the journalist the information about the new range coming. We might talk about the tech developments, the innovation, some of the inspiration behind it um, and the features of that product. But actually, what we want to do is then send the products to the journalists so they can, and influencers so that they can test the products themselves and then write a really unbiased review from themselves mm -hmm. um, and really in-depth. So they might test the product for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and that's where we talk about lead times again. Um, and then they'll write a really in-depth review or feature or group test if they're comparing our products against some of our competitors as well and really helps to kind of uh, bring the product to life and it's all entirely their own words they might use some of the content that we've provided them when we talk about the tech or the development of the tech or the product for example um, but that's when they're they're then talking about what they really like how well it performed what they thought of it in when they were actually using the products rather than us just, just telling them why it's so good. Um, so that's one, one opportunity. Um, we also put spokespeople forward to the media. So we might give them snippets or a bio of, of the expert or spokesperson for a brand um, and talk about some topics that might be of interest or something that's going on in the world right now and how we can really help with that. Um, and that's where we might set up interviews. It might be a phone interview or it might be kind of email correspondence asking questions um, that's then written up into kind of like a Q&A or a profile um, interview in publications or online. Um, and again, that's a really good way for sharing expert advice, um, really putting the brand at the forefront of whatever topic we're talking about and helping kind of um, position them as like a thought leader and expert in their, in their field. Um, and we can also uh, write our own, it might be a bylined article or a feature that we want to write about a particular topic, um, or sharing our thoughts and predictions for the future in a particular area, um, in some kind of tech development, or what we think might be coming as a result of some trends that we saw from the last 12 months, for example. So there's lots and lots of different ways of securing coverage and starting to secure coverage as well. Mm. And I, I think, and there you talk about the different, yeah, the different ways, if it's a feature or a bylined article, we call them, don't we? If it's somebody, you know, if we've ri written it or the the brand has written it and it's attributed to them yeah. um, or interviews, there are so many different avenues and that then comes down to, not to sound like a broken record again, but there's the preparation <laughs> and knowing that there is absolutely no point, you know, going to certain, you can imagine if you, you approached, um, I don't know, the, the Times and said that you were going to offer them a bylined article, they'd say absolutely no chance. Our paper <laughs> is made up of, <laughs> is made up of our trusted journalists that write our stuff for us. So you, you do have to offer um, appropriate copy and, and opportunities for those 
publications but there are so many different ways to do it aren't there and that's Absolutely. And that's the thing you have to think outside the box and not think that a press release is the only way. <laughs> and to and be a press release might, might just be the starting point or the start the start of the conversation with the media. So it's really important that you're very open-minded. You can be specific or have notes for yourself about what you're comfortable talking about, what areas you can talk about. Um, but it's having that conversation. What you've got in your head might might not fit exactly with the publication or the journalist, but it's that that point where you can have that conversation with them about what you're thinking, what might work, what you've got access to, and perhaps finding some middle ground that they're working on something else that's slightly different, but actually it might fit in in this way or it might fit in that way, or mm. this is where we're thinking of it. Or indeed they might say, it's really interesting. Um, we're writing a feature about this in, in two months' time. Can I keep your details on file or get back in touch with us then? And that's all, that's nothing to be kind of disheartened about because they don't want to write about it then. Um, it's all of this relationship building and, and getting to know mm-hmm. your media. Oh, absolutely. And then hopefully it's that kind of holy grail, isn't it, that they start coming to you. Once you start going to them, feeding them decent stories, resist the urge to take the scattergun approach and just fire things out and hope that someone picks it up, you know, make it very targeted. And then, you know, eventually down the line, when they think of a particular product, service, you know, area, they will come to you, which is, you know, exactly what you want because they know they're going to get something decent um, and you have that good working relationship with them. I know that we have definitely had, um, we've pitched stories to journalists (laughs) and they've not been interested at the time. And then you'll get an email a year later (laughs) that says, says, do you still represent, you know, this brand? And I'd love to, I'm doing a story on something. So um, sometimes it it takes a while and your your story might not land straight away but as becky right rightly said don't be disheartened by it keep going keep those relationships going and then um and then eventually and i think you made a really good point as well about the scattergun approach um more isn't always more less is definitely (laughs) more when we're talking about quality of publication journalists and articles that we're writing about um you'd rather have one or two really fantastic articles that you've secured or placed or written um that really really drill down into the detail of your brand or the storytelling or or the product features for example than a couple of a handful of random pieces of coverage with just one or two lines about a new product in titles that are so unrelated or so widespread that actually we're not talking to the right consumer or end consumer we're talking to okay it might be great to get a a couple of lines in a national but if you think about the audience of a, a national newspaper compared to a really specialist title that's talking to your converted media that you want to talk to that are interested in your products um I think it's yeah. quite it's as quite you said yeah, yeah, it's quality <laughs> over quantity, isn't it? Absolutely. And it is, um, as you say, targeted. Make sure that, you know, it's the readers, isn't it? Those niche titles. You've already got the audience there that are bought into to what you're trying to um, sell to them or, you know, bring to them. So it can be worth far, far more. And I know one of the things, um, we will have a separate um, episode on measurement because that does tie into measurement does it and how um sometimes 
um, it's very easy to think that the high numbers mean it's excellent results. You know, huge readerships and big a- AVEs. We don't like to and yeah, we will go into those. But it's it's all supposed to be about the quality of that piece of coverage and the impact of that. Because you're again going back to your objectives. Um, what do you want those people to take from your media coverage? What do you want them to feel and what action do you want them to take? And if they read a quick mere mention somewhere, it might be, as you say, in a big national that has a huge circulation, but actually does it have the impact Mm -hmm. you want it to have? And will anybody take action from that? So it's very, very important to to remember those. Um, Another... Another um, thing that we get asked a lot is how to generate media coverage um, and engagement when there's nothing new to say. You know, if there's no new launches, new products, great big milestones within a company. Um, and that's what we do a lot for our clients, don't we? Is we, <laughs> keep, we keep those stories going within the media when there isn't really anything particularly new to say. Um, so, Becky, what you know? What would you say? What are some good examples? I think of of how to do that, how to keep that coverage going when there isn't like a, a new product or service. So it is really difficult, and I think it's fair to start with that by saying it is really hard, and it's not a five minute job, and it does take experience being able to develop coverage or opportunities for your brand or your your clients when there is nothing new to say um that's when it really comes down to kind of reading around the publication um and also knowing your brand inside out about what you can and can't offer at that time so um if there's no new products you've not really got any news at the moment um or nothing that you can actually share um you can have a look around the the industry and have a look at some of the trends or trends that you've experienced perhaps um look at the last 12 months and see what's changed and um use your own expertise you're an expert if you've got your own brand um we're hoping that you're an expert in the sector mm-hmm. or if you're <laughs> if you're working for a client then you know your you should know your client sectors um quite well so you can look at the last 12 months and see what's happened is there a reason that some of these things have happened um how did your company respond to it and as a result of what's happened has that changed what you're planning for the next 12 12 to 24 months? Um, Is it going to impact your product development, for example? Has it uh, acted as as a catalyst to change within your organisation? And these are really interesting topics, particularly on the B2B side, um, that you can offer to the journalists or that journalists will also be looking for um, when they're planning for the next, I don't know, six to 12 months for their magazine. So really looking at industry insights, um, predictions, trends, um, anything in the industry that perhaps we didn't all expect was going to happen, but now it's happened. Um, what are we going to do as a, as a result now? Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. No, no, that's like, no, no, go. Also look at your experts that you've got within the business. And what is it about those experts that you've got that no one else has got? What do you do better than your competitors? Or what insights can you offer from your from your own company that perhaps someone else can't that really can help you kind of set your brand aside? So it doesn't always have to be 
a product related story that we're talking about. It can be um, career histories, it can be milestones of the business, um, or it can be uh, looking for those that kind of expert insight that you can share that helps to make your company stand out and offer a different opinion, perhaps, or different perspective on a topic or things that are coming up in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's also sort of the people stories, isn't there? There's always yeah. there's always nice stories to tell around um, around your product or service company, the difference you're making to people's lives and to your um, to your customer. And they're the kind of stories that are really appealing to a journalist as well, aren't they? They they want those, as we talked about case studies earlier, sometimes such a horrible phrase, I think, case study. <laughs> but um, those, essentially, the, they're people stories, aren't they? How, how you have um, taken, your company has changed someone's, um, life in some way or the way they do business in some way depending on what kind of business you are um, but always be delving into those and seeing what you can seeing what you can find because they're they're good stories and good ways to keep um, in the media yeah and absolutely you, and, and as you said Beckett sorry we love to talk over each other don't we sorry <laughs> <Go for it>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was yeah I was going to say it's that sort of keeping an eye on what's happening in the news, what's what's happening in current affairs, how does that impact your business? Just make sure that you're always on top of those and you're ready to jump on it and react quickly with those sorts of things, isn't it? It's key. Speed is key in those in those at those times because you can't sit on something for a few days and mull over what you're going to say. You have to turn it around pretty quickly because those journalists are responding very quickly and your competitors are as well so the sooner you can get in there the better yeah absolutely if you're kind of sitting on it for a couple of days before you've decided if it's the right opportunity or you can or can't do it your competitor will be in there before you and you'll see them in print before you've made your decision so um yeah being able to be really responsive and really proactive when you see these opportunities is absolutely key and a really good top tip um, for kind of responding to what else is going on in the world as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think oh God, we've we've covered quite a bit. I think there's <laughs> quite quite a lot there. I suppose you know if we go to then some maybe very solid, useful sort of do the do's and don'ts, the absolute. You know, as you feel your way through this new landscape of media relations. Um, some sort of hard and fast rules that that we would go by. Um, I can kick I can kick off with um, what and just sort of reiterating what we've already talked about, which is always think about um, your audience, what you're trying to communicate to them, why you want to communicate it to them, um, and remember that the media are not there to service you; they're there to service their readers or their listeners. Um, You just happen to be feeding them some good stuff to be able to do that. But um, you don't be too offended when (laughs) they say that it's not of interest because they are always thinking of what their, their readers and their audience want to read. Yeah, good, good point. Um, I said it 
many times and I will say it again do your research um, make sure that you're talking to the right person at the publication um, you've read some of their recent articles so that you know they're the right person you know that they're still at that publication because media move around quite a lot um, yeah. have a look on social media do a little bit of stalking um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can find out a little bit about them um, so you've got some talking points with them as well but really stay up to date with their movements what they're talking about um, what role they have within the publication so that you're talking to the right person you're not wasting their time but you're also not wasting your own time as well yeah absolutely and and another one as well I think is um, what can make businesses very nervous is tricky subjects and tricky questions but um, we would always say that do don't ignore those tricky questions and subjects and requests and expect them to go away because they won't go away. <laughs> they won't go away. If a journalist comes to you and starts asking something that's probing um, or, you know, if you are dealing with a crisis and that's a whole other subject that we will, <laughs> we will cover another time, um, but you don't want to just ignore them and hope it goes away or just, you know, say, no comment it'll only make it much much worse it's much better to be as transparent as possible and as helpful as possible because um otherwise you can make um a bad situation much much worse and let's be honest if one journalist is coming to you asking that question don't be be prepared that there's other journalists that are probably going to ask the same question so (laughs) being really transparent and thoughtful about the way that you're responding to them and what you can and can't tell them um, really will go a long way and that's all again in the preparation of when you're planning what you want to say why you want to say it how you're going to say it yeah no absolutely I think so it's a as we talked about know your objectives know your audience know the media titles that you're going to and um, know them inside out and know the journalists inside out. Spend that time. It is a lot of time, but spend that time doing it and it will be well worth it. Give them a really good package so that, um, as you said, Becky, you're not giving them any hurdles. You're making their job as easy as possible, giving them absolutely everything they need. Um, And you know, we we have a bit of a policy as well, don't we, within um, ADPR. If a journalist gets in touch, you drop everything and you go back to them and you you do what you can um, to make their job as easy as possible. So be prepared that journalists might ask for a very quick turnaround and tell you that their deadline is lunchtime or the end of the day. And it as, you know inconvenient as it might be um it's always well worth trying your hardest to get them what they need because then they'll always think of you as that person that really saved their skin when they needed some information before their deadline yeah it's all about being responsive and even if it's just a quick email to in response to them to say you're on it that's great they don't want to be waiting a couple of hours for a response because they'll think you haven't got it you haven't got time or you're not interested Mm -hmm. and move on to someone else So it's absolutely about being responsive and also really proactive um, in getting what they need and offering what, providing the content that they're asking for. And more if you can, they might use it, they might not. So, yeah. And then, and then once your fantastic piece of coverage lands and it's on your desk, um, I think 
Well, there's there's a couple of things. Actually, there's a stage before that. Don't ask them necessarily to see what they've written so that you can approve it. No, no, big no, no. Unless you've <laughs> paid for unless you've paid for that piece, and it's an advertorial or an ad, don't don't ask them to review it because it's um, they won't appreciate that. Um, don't necessarily ask them, you know. If it's been published yet, they will be expecting you to be reading that particular publication so um, you can pick up on it. Um, and then when it does land and you're really pleased with it, uh, do you know what? A thank you goes a really long way, doesn't it? That it <laughs> yeah. goes so far just to drop that journalist a note and say, thank you so much for that piece you wrote. It was fantastic. We're really pleased. And that that often, um, yeah, does go a long way, doesn't it, in terms of building up those relationships. A hundred percent. And don't be afraid to share and shout about the fantastic coverage that you've also got as well. Um, Obviously, and again, probably another topic for another time, another podcast, um, all about kind of NLA and CLA licensing. Yeah. (laughs) But you can shout about the fact that in the summer edition of said magazine, turn to page five and there is an amazing article all about our business and latest product. Um, Really shout about it and mention them on social media and share it across um, your own social channels and and website where you can. Um, Sharing links to the coverage if it's online as well is a really great way, A, to support the publication, but also to continue sharing that great coverage and adding um the kind of credibility and evidence that you're saying you're fantastic but so is this publication as well and here's an amazing feature that's just been published all about it yeah absolutely well I think we've covered do you have anything else Becky you'd want to add on media relations I don't think so I think we've covered quite whistle stop tour um well thank you everyone for listening I you know if you do have any questions at all if you think we haven't covered something that you want to know about and um, please please do get in touch with us and um, you can reach us via our website so that's adpr.co.uk you can find us on the various social channels as well please do drop us a line um, like and subscribe and give us a lovely five-star rating if you really want to that'd be fabulous um, and in the meantime have a lovely evening and we'll see you soon bye bye